How many greys do you think you've killed over the years? 19, pretty much for sure. Because that day, even though I was a kid, I knew for a fact that what we had just witnessed wasn't human. The only way that I could describe it was that there was there was a shadow stood there. And I believe that it's potentially, I'm not saying 100% definitely, but potentially a real abduction caught on video camera. Join Ash and me every Tuesday as we explore some of the lesser-known but fascinating unusual stories from our unknown world. With the latest paranormal and UFO news, a look back at historical cases and special guests joining us along the way, we aim to pursue the paranormal from a different point of view. Pursuit of the Paranormal with Ash and Greg. Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. It's our birthday episode, woo! Woo! Come celebrate with us on March 17th, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We look forward to having you and our special guests on with us. So we can't wait to put out this episode. Me and Lindsay are so excited for our anniversary. Come party with us. See you soon. Bye. Bye. gentlemen to another fantastic and awesome episode of the convergence enigma with josh and stefan i am your host stefan gearhart and i am joined as always by the man who is out of this world who loves to look at squirrels and does the most amazing twirl mr josh rutledge how are you sir i am doing well i am uh, one with the world see what i did there you are because you spin and you are um, thick, yep. like the world. Thick. <laughs> you it's are like just saying, a round ball. I'm big boned. It's you're big, <laughs> no, you're big bold. You're just a big bowl. Big bowl, yeah. Very big bowl. Um, so we've got a really, really fun episode tonight. Um, I'm really, really excited about this. Uh, if you haven't really, really noticed yet, I'm really, really pumped. Uh, <laughs> so. How pumped? Two I'm really pumped. Super pumped because Josh, you're getting ready to move out to Phoenix in June. Yep, it's it's, it's almost here, man. Uh, yeah, I already uh, live like, here. 
like We've the made hottest, some... hottest oh, yeah. part of the year i'm gonna move so and june's surprisingly <laughs> not so bad it's july and august yeah yeah july and august is the devil when the monsoon hits <sighs> and that humidity shows up out of nowhere Ooh lordy um, but anyways, um, we're going to be talking tonight again. We've we've covered this once before, but now that I'm in Phoenix, it's a whole different world. We're going to be talking about the 1997 Phoenix Lights, uh, but we aren't doing this alone, Josh. We have our good friend, probably my bestest bud here in Phoenix now that I've been here, uh, Assistant State Director of Arizona MUFON and author himself, Mr. Shane heard so i heard that i heard that (laughs) um we are so very very excited um about having shane back on he's the best man and he also wrote the unidentified aerial phenomena a beginner's guide to researching ufos uh and even our good buddy jason mcclellan uh did the foreword for this book i mean that's how perfect this is i mean shane wrote an amazing book if you want to be a field investigator for MUFON, grab this book. Uh, Even but we'll if be you don't want to do it that. officially for MUFON, you just want to get out there and do it. And just <laughs> just read just, the book. You just want to do the thing. Get out there, do it. Do it. Um, be unofficial. Be unofficial if you gotta. Um, but anyways, we've got Shane coming on the show. We're so pumped about that, man. We absolutely love Shane, and it's just an absolute pleasure having him back. Uh, so, but Josh, you know, just a quick reminder, you guys check out the, uh, the Unex Network you know this is the new mainstream we're here on the x we're so very very excited to be here every week wednesdays at 8 p.m eastern standard time uh if you guys are listening to the podcast you know we drop that at 9 p.m so you get to hear it first on the unx network and then you get to hear it on the fearscape media network uh we're very very excited we love you unx boomed shakalaka boom shakalaka <laughs> i can do my best race hobbs voice thank you guys for tuning in i just flipped into five different voices not racing yeah you did totally. um, his is more of the in a world where man is listening to the unx network people want to know is shane hurd's beard real it's like saying yes, his beard is yes real. it is that's where his <laughs> magic comes from it is. That's where my magic comes from, is Shane's beard. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so check out them, uh, the unxunxnetwork.com. Unex, you can stream there, uh, all kinds of stuff, or head over to fearscapemedia.com uh, and check out all that jazz there. But, Josh, let's go ahead and get to our first segment before we get to Shane and the Phoenix Lights, which is Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the Psychic Word. Psychic Word of the Week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June G. Bletzer, Ph.D. Rest in peace, honey bear. We love you. We didn't even know you. As usual, we either flip through the pages until we land on something or Josh gives me a number. This week, he gave me the number 444. So we flipped to that and (laughs) I looked down and uh, okay, the first phrase that I see is also my favorite type of sandwich, which is open face trance. Open face (laughs) trance. I love me some open faced sandwiches. If I can't cut it with a fork, it's not a sandwich. Same open face sloppy joes are the best. Oh, dude, I can't even eat a sandwich as a sloppy joe. I can't even do it sandwich style anymore. Yeah. It's got to be open face. Because um, then you get two. Uh, anyways, so open face trance. Here's what this means. It says to speak out with intelligent new information with no previous preparation. Psychic rambles on and when asked to repeat it, the psychic cannot. New data comes from either A, the superconscious mind and inspirational speaking, 
two, a guide that attaches to the psychic's pineal gland occurs in normal conversation if the listener needs the information or when psychic is asked to give an impromptu speech boy that's almost kind of similar to um one of the other ones we've used before so um that un- yeah, well, uh, almost that unintentional uh yeah. some some nambulism <laughs> <Somnambulous>, yeah <laughs> whatever that uh, was that's when like when you need help you call a subnambulance so or ghostbusters <laughs> ooh, ooh. But no, uh, that also reminds me a lot of like the stuff, you know, when you kind of have your, when we're doing Estes things and stuff and you oh, yeah. kind of go into your trance mode. I mean, when, when I bring you out, you don't often remember what was said. You yeah. Like, you know, I wonder if that's what's happening is, is that's my guide attaching itself to my pineal gland. I need to look into that a little bit more because I, I think we've established it's one of my guides that I didn't, I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can always ask them next time you're under. So, or I can. <laughs> yeah. You do that. Hey, buddy, are you attached to Stefan's buddy? You know, Glenn? Well, let me check. Zip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, very, very interesting. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and move to our next segment here. Uh, which is uh, actually going to be a sponsored segment, Josh. But let's go ahead and get into some spooky news. So, Josh, before we get into the spooky news, can we talk about the sponsor for this week that we're going to be using uh, that's sponsoring our spooky news segment? Yep. So this is coming from Black Triangle Coffee. Yum, Um, yum, yum. I mean, really fitting for tonight's episode, right? Because mm-hmm. they're named after the Phoenix Lights events, kind of the yep. black triangles where that was established. Um, and I mean, I, I got to tell you, I've, I've got a couple of their uh, bags of coffee that I went ahead and ordered. And it's it's awesome. I mean, I've got yeah, the it's dark, tasty, man. I've got the dark theory, which is a really nice dark brew, um, which, you know, kind of has some flavor notes of like chocolate and some berries, which I definitely picked up on the berries when drinking. Oh, it. yeah. Um, and I also went ahead and picked up the 115 Unopinium, which is based on, you know, Bob Lazar, that kind of secret element that mm-hmm. made it all work. Uh, and it's a nice light roast. I mean, and it's fantastic. But they've got others like Skinwalker Espresso and Somewhere in the Skies podcast has their own. Yeah, Ryan place. Sprague, man. Got to get it. Yeah. Uh, so, Sasquatch Cinnamon. That's my jam, dude. And E.T. Vanilla, I guess because like E.T.'s are gray. Vanilla is kind of a grayish it's color. The- it's the closest you can get, man. Skinwalker yeah. espresso. I mean, there's some good stuff in here, man. Uh, yep. I hope someday that we can get the convergence latte or yeah. something, and it's a convergence like, of different flavors. Yeah, just it's it's a mixture of light, dark, and medium. No, it's roast. a mixture of all of the coffees of they have mixed into one. That's the convergence yeah. Enigma coffee. Just letting also, you guys know. Also called the hodgepodge for short. That's so. right. And and so what can they do from here, Josh? Yeah. So if you're interested in checking out Black Triangle Coffee, you can go to blacktrianglecoffee.com and use promo code TCE for the Convergence Enigma, BTC for Black Triangle Coffee 15 and get 15% off your whole order. So that, again, it's TCE BTC 15. And we'll have this in the summary of the uh, of the episode as well. So you'll be able to find it there as well as a link to get the Black Triangle Coffee. So anyways, our spooky news this week, Josh, what we have is something you sent me and it's out of this world. It's underworld, 
right? It's underworld yep. stuff. This comes from bigthink.com, but this is pulled from uh, a number of other places I've seen as well. The headline reads, Yale scientists restore cellular function in 32 dead pig brains. Holy crap, man. And there's a dead pig picture that looks like something out of a horror movie, man. Um, and it says the image of an undead brain coming back to live again is the stuff of science fiction, but not just any science fiction, specifically B grade sci-fi. I take offense to that, by the way. Uh, <laughs> what instantly springs to mind is the black and white horrors of films like Fiend Without a Face, uh, bad acting, plastic monstrosities, visible strings, and a spinal cord that for some reason is also a tentacle uh but like any good science fiction it's only a matter of time before some manner of it seeps into our reality uh this week's uh magazine nature published the findings of researchers who managed to restore function to pigs brains that were clinically dead at least what we once thought of as dead see what's dead may never die it seems uh the researchers did not hail from the house of Greyjoy. uh what is dead may never die but come largely from the yale school of medicine they connected 32 pig brains to a system called BrainX. BrainX is an artificial perfusion system, and boy, BrainX sounds like a movie, that's for sure. Oh, that's for sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, artificial system that is uh, a system that takes over the functions normally regulated by the organ. The pigs had been killed four hours earlier at the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, slaughterhouse. Their brains completely removed from their skulls. BrainX then pumped an experiment solution into the brain that essentially mimics blood flow. This is crazy. Uh, it brought oxygen and nutrients to the tissues, giving brain cells the resources to begin many normal functions. The cells began consuming and metabolizing sugars. The brain's immune systems kicked in. Neuron samples could carry an electrical signal. Some brain cells even responded to drugs. It's alive, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's where we're at. Um, they managed <laughs> to keep some brains alive for up to 36 hours and currently do not know if BrainX can have sustained the brains any longer or not because they just kind of cut it. Uh, uh, Nanad Sastan says, it is conceivable we are just preventing the inevitable and the brain won't be able to recover. Uh, this is the lead Yale neuroscientist and researcher there. As a control, other brains received either a fake solution or no solution at all. None revived brain activity and deteriorated as normal. Uh, the researchers um, hope the technology can enhance our ability to study the brain and its cellular functions. One of the main avenues of such studies would be brain disorders and diseases. And this could point to ways to developing new treatments for the likes of brain injuries like Alzheimer's, Huntington's, or neurodegenerative conditions. And it goes on and on and on, uh, even in getting into a little bit of ethical gray matter there. Um, yeah. But this that's the juxt of the, the article there. And it's just absolutely fascinating between being able to clone ears and yep. doing all the things and now bringing pigs back to life well you know that whole gets into the whole thing of uh if it's if it's applicable for humans uh you know it gets into the whole discussion around if the soul has departed the body will the soul come back to the body but there's a lot of people who talk about having near-death experiences seeing themselves being operated on on the table but then coming back so yep. yeah i don't, I don't know, know. Pretty fascinating stuff, man. Pretty fascinating. You can go to bigthink.com slash surprising uh, science slash zombie pigs brain X. You'll be able to find it there. So have fun <laughs> with that one. Uh, anyways, Josh, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go ahead and get to Shane Hurd and the Phoenix Lights. 
All right. Thank you, guys. We are here with Shane Hurd, like we said, uh, author extraordinaire, uh, man with the beard that that no one fears um, except for me because it's where my magic comes from. Um, so thank you, Shane, for coming back on the show, man. We're so yeah. excited to have you, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been really looking forward to it. Dude, I, you know, you were the first person in Phoenix that we talked to and we've stayed friends this whole time and it's been an yeah. absolute pleasure. Yeah. Uh, and I love that, man. And uh, so tonight we're talking about the Phoenix Lights. Uh, we're hitting the 25th. And I think we I think this airs is airing a few days, a uh, couple days after the fact um, of the 25th anniversary. Uh, of the Phoenix Lights, but you know, you being a, a, an Arizona resident, we thought it'd be cool to have you come on. We could chit chat about this. And uh, so, Josh, why don't you give us a little breakdown? Uh, break it down on uh, <laughs> on the yeah. Phoenix Lights. So, just in case anybody's worried, we're not talking about the nightlife in Phoenix. This is not <laughs> what the Phoenix Lights is. About. This is not the city lights <laughs> that you can see from South Mountain, though you saw these from South yeah. Mountain. Um, but yeah, so on uh, March 13th, 1997, uh, covering in, you know an expanse going from the Nevada line through Phoenix to the edge of Tucson, about 300 miles or so, uh, hundreds of people, probably thousands of people saw these uh, strange lights that kind of progressed um, across that line and um, sometimes forming a V formation. That's, I think, where you kind of typically see that you know, uh, kind of a V uh, a craft, if you will, with the lights. Because I don't, I don't know that anybody actually saw the distinct outline. I mean, somebody correct me here, but but there was more the the lights the forming the V pattern. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then it was, you know, uh, this is a, of course a very high level. It went over, it went, saw by a lot of people, and then just kind of just disappeared um, over a mountain range, and then. Um, you know, seen again potentially in 2007. Uh, there was another occurrence that happened later in 2007, but uh, and then of course later in the evening on the nine on, in, on the 1997 occurrence, the military was out doing some stuff in an A10 and did drop some flares later in the evening. And so that has been the debunkers. Well, isn't that um, convenient? Yeah. <laughs> that has been the debunkers' uh, single source yeah. of ammo, if you will. Uh, is the they must they were just flares. So. Even even look, okay, we all know what flares look like. I, I, I'm gonna debunk the debunk, okay? We all know what flares look like. They don't just sit there in a ball and just they're streaky, they're smoky. Yeah, they're all of these things that when they did do the flares, we they saw those things happen. They they right. saw the streaks. They saw the this lasted forever and didn't not worry. Weren't you saying something about like they were this was an event that people could see from Nevada to Tucson or something along those yeah, lines? Yeah, so it tracked like 300 miles, you know, yeah. from the Nevada line all the way through Phoenix and across over to the edge of Tucson before it disappeared. So, I mean, it's yeah, some good flares, man. Flares don't do that. I mean, I have seen some good flares. Well, I'll tell you what, cops are going to stop and help that truck. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I have seen some military flares that do have like, you remember the little the little men that you would get with the parachutes uh, and, the, and the cereal box? <laughs> yeah. Throw them and they kind of flutter down. I mean, I've seen flares that have like a little parachute type thing that mm-hmm. kind of allows it to stay suspended in the air for a long time. But you're, you're still right. I mean, it still kind of smokes and. And there's no confusing a flare for anything else. And, and a flare, even if caught by the wind, wouldn't stay in the sky across 300 miles. Sorry, nope. debunkers. That's weak. I mean, 
All you got to do is go to YouTube and literally type mm-hmm. in military flares at night and you will see that they don't look anything no. like what the hundreds of videos and pictures that exist out there of the Phoenix yeah, lights, man. I mean, this year yeah. was already a crazy year because you've got Hale Bob, the comet, right? I, I'm not, when did Hale Bob happen? Because I had to be around the same time because, um, because Chris McLennan, she was out there uh, looking, right? She was trying to look, get a close uh, close up of the the Hale Bob, the comet. Because remember, that hung in the year for like the whole year. We had Heaven's Gate happening right. that year and the Phoenix Lights. I mean, mm-hmm. holy moly, man. Like, what? A, and that was the year uh, Josh and I graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a very eventful. No, that's right. <laughs> Did, um, were, were you here for that, um, Shane? I can't remember if we talked yeah, about yeah. that or not. Yeah, in fact, I, I remember exactly what I was doing that night. Now, you know, I didn't see anything, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were at some friend's house in North Scottsdale uh, for the purpose of having dinner and checking out the Hellbot Comet with the telescope, which we did. And I think we got home around 9.30, 10 p.m., and that's when it started splashing on the local news. Yeah, because it's and, happened around eight thirty. Yeah, and so behind uh, Josh there, he's got the the uh, green screen or whatever of the actual imagery that the local television stations caught. Uh, it was around ten p.m. ish, and by the end of that, uh, their broadcast it comes on at ten p.m. here in Arizona, and they started you know flashing that video. And it was, you know, it was, it was pretty impressive. And, and I I wasn't actually really into UFOs at all at that time. Um, But I mean, it was kind of in the back of my mind because of other things in life. I just wasn't like us. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, my daughter was 10 years old at the time, just to, you know, show the age gap between us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, but um, yeah. So uh, for me, you know, it was like, huh, what's this on the news type of thing? And then what ensued the months thereafter really gripped me because A, it was like, you know, it was a significant event. Even if you didn't have any knowledge of UFOs, it was still very significant and it was treated that way in the media. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, as, and so then I started paying attention and, and, you know, started connecting dots, different things that came up. I'm sure we'll talk about, but um, I was really intrigued and that really started my journey into UFOs because, hey, this thing happened in my own backyard, yeah. you know, and that that always gets us right. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's home and this this incredible event happened here. And so it really caught my attention and that kind of launched me into my uh, UFO <laughs> career, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The the what makes it so remarkable is the amount of people that saw it mm-hmm. and how far it traveled. I mean, and Art Bell, he lost his mind. He thought the second coming to Jesus was here. I mean, this is the best thing that ever happened to Art Bell, in my opinion, because ratings at the time were standard. You always had UFO nuts and then conspiracy theory nuts listening to Coast to Coast, but after the Phoenix Lights everybody was tuning in because everybody yeah. said if anybody's going to talk about this the way we want right. to talk about it, it's going to be art bell especially him being so close to the event yeah um i, I love art bell man yeah art, <laughs> rest art in was peace great. buddy great yeah he, he was awesome and and yeah that event was fuel for you know 
UFO, you know, information hitting the mainstream. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you said, you know, it's kind of conspiratorial and all that. But that was really mainstream. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But just, you know, the media, the local media, yep. the the local government, and then, you know, it went national. Um, like, I think the picture behind you, Stevan, is the, the um, yep. from the, um, what's the name of that newspaper? <laughs> They're the ones that took it national. Yeah, uh, I, I edited it. out the... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the part that had the newspaper there. Hold on, I can tell you. Um, Brain cramping at the moment. USA Today. USA oh, Today. Yeah. So when that article hit, then that's when it went bananas, right? So yep. we in Arizona kind of flirted with this thing for you know a month or two until they picked up on it, and then when they did, it just kind of went crazy. Um, but you know, that's a significant illustration behind you Stefan because that yeah. you know that was based on eyewitness testimony and mm -hmm. from multiple people and that's what's so amazing about this case this is this is truly a mass sighting modern day so the only one I can think of that might be comparable is the one that happened um with the Fatima yeah. thing in Spain and that yep you know I think that was around 1911 or something yeah. in there but but this thing, I mean, you're talking modern technology. There, There is imagery, you know, there's video, um, you know, there's radar. There, There's a lot of stuff that makes this way different than any other sighting up until that, that time. And it was, it was hugely significant. And in my opinion, it still is because it's, it's unresolved. Yep. Uh, and that's what's fascinating is, is uh, I can't wait for the 13th, um, even though this is airing after the fact. But the 13th, because I, I don't watch a lot of local TV, but boy, I'm about to because, you know, every news station <laughs> is going to hit it up. You know, I'm going to go to that uh, the 25th anniversary documentary. Alice Cooper is yep. going to be there mm -hmm. like just because he saw it, too. Famous people. I mean, Kurt Russell talks about flying. Yeah over phoenix while it was happening like <laughs> kurt russell dude this i mean rich people saw this poor people saw this every race and color of people saw this every every aspect of humanity saw this people recorded it left and right credible non-credible it doesn't matter that's what makes this so incredible incredible yeah yeah absolutely and that like well, i said the fact that it traveled so far it, like you don't see that. That's just not a thing. And flares don't go like aren't going to go 300 miles. I'm just well, it, it was a parade. It was a demonstration. Oh, yeah. There, mm -hmm. There's no question about it. Its intent was to be seen by many. And yeah. it was. And I it mean, was just a slow procession from Henderson, Nevada, all the way down into Mexico. It's over almost Phoenix through Tucson. It's almost like everything. they were coming in to watch hail bop too right it's almost like how we go to the fourth of july and everybody's in the lake you know they got their yeah. boats out and they do the little parades and they're having fun and all this stuff and they're like oh it's time for the fireworks you know like as this it's like hey here's we're coming to see hail bop too we're just so, as fascinated by this comment so i think it was really more of a we they knew we were going to be out looking at hell bop yeah and so they knew people were going to be looking at the night sky to see help Bob. So here's a time for us to fly over and make our, or make our presence known. Yeah. Many people have that feeling. I mean, uh, us MUFON folks and many other investigators and even the military and law enforcement. I mean, 
it, it clearly was some sort of a demonstration. Mm-hmm. What, whatever the point we're supposed to get, it was it was evident that this was intentional and um, and and significant in that respect. So, yeah, yeah. I, it's it, it's unparalleled, I think, in in modern ufology. Well, you know, I, I love it. the The initial report is one of my favorites, um, saying it hit about six fifty five PST. Uh, man reporting seeing a V-shaped object above Henderson, Nevada, said it was the size of a Boeing 747 and sounded like rushing wind. Had six lights on its leading edge, and the lights reportedly traversed northwest to the southeast. Like, <laughs> just and then the next person well, was an Arizona cop. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, you know, at that at that time, right? I think it at that time uh, Pacific uh, in Nevada in March. It would have been what dusk. It, it wouldn't have. Oh yeah, it would have been, it'd been yeah. dark then. Six fifty-five, because that's about right now, and the sun's mm-hmm. been setting around six fifty-five. Yeah. Okay. So so dusk. So still enough light out to make out a shape and to you know make out uh, to have a, a a better sighting than just a light in the sky. Oh yeah, there would definitely be some sunshine. I mean, you know, like the UFO I just saw a couple weeks back. Like that one was right at dusk at the sunset. Like yeah. that was beautiful beautiful also in over south it, mountain <laughs> wow, cool. also i think it's really interesting when i was uh, i've been recently read the book um about stardust ranch mm. um and of course that happened in in, in buckley right uh just to just to, uh, on the other side of uh, the mountains there south of uh, phoenix and the events that started at stardust ranch and the phoenix light event are within like six months of each other so I just, well, you know, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, even if you talk to, uh, talk to Dr. Lynn Kitai, really this event was preceded by um, several events that she had witnessed from her home, which is in Paradise Valley. And it, it's sort of an elevated area. Yeah, it's not far from where I live. out over the city. Yeah. Oh, what are you, rich? <laughs> no, I said near. <laughs> okay, that's I'm in right. Moon Valley. Okay, okay. Well, it's not a paradise. It's just hard to breathe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, she had observed and photographed orbs uh, around her home and uh, over, which you know, kind of overlooks the city, kind of the south southwest, where ultimately the lights, like Josh has displayed there, really could could be seen from her own but she had seen these you know uh orange colored orbs over multiple occasions had photographed those and so this preceded the the phoenix lights uh event but she has also seen these post that event and so there's a lot of things i think that are connected so like you you mentioned josh with uh stardust ranch and i think his name's john edwards or yep that's right um yeah edmonds and Edmonds, and um, that's in the Southwest Valley, Buckeye, um, and that's immediately north of the Estrella Mountains, which those lights in your photo behind you appeared. Now, beyond that is the, um, it's really a gunnery range um, uh, uh, that, you know, is an area where they do test flights and they do do flares and, you know, weapons testing and that kind of thing. But I mean, that's, you know, quite a ways back behind that. Is that the, uh, the Barry Goldwater range? Barry Goldwater. Yeah. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting. The Estrella Mountains, it's uh, spelled E-S-T-R-E-L-L-A. Actually, for Na- Native Americans, that is that means the Star Mountains. Hmm. Very kind, very interesting. And so How a lot of the tribes that we know here in Arizona, yeah. Hopi, Apache, Navajo, they they're they all have a relationship with these star people as, as right. they call them and so th- these kind of events aren't really a shock to them they experience this quite frequently and mm-hmm. i know um I, I i have the privilege of knowing a couple of the Navajo rangers um john and stan and they they uh you know have just related to me some amazing events that they have experienced in their 30-year career as Navajo Rangers and and sort of the paranormal guys and um, all of this stuff just fits right in with what they experience as well so we think it's unique and I think it is unique in the sense that this was done right over a huge population like I say this is very intentional but they experience stuff like this you know on on the reservations you know all the time rather frequently so i mean it it is it's amazing this stuff is around us all of the time and but in this case boy thousands of people saw it thousands of people reported it whether it was to mufon or new fork which is the um national ufo reporting center out of washington state peter davenport uh to local police to news stations everything i mean this was this was just incredible and um you know I think we'll probably chat a bit about the state's reaction, the state of Arizona <laughs> yeah. leader. Of course. And of some course. of the other leaders who took it serious yeah. but got ridiculed. I mean, there's just there's so much to this case. I in fact that it I've wrote about it in my book because to me, not only is it an incredible UFO, you know, demonstration or case or evidence, but it's really a case study in people. Yeah. And, and I've always said, you know what, UFOs, that's, it's really about people and our reaction to it. And so we get a slice of like, hey, how does the government react in this case? How does the media react in this case? How does your average citizen react in this? I mean, it's a total case study for the modern response of, of all of these entities you know, to, to a UFO event. So it's a fascinating case. Another, uh, another correlation here is that um, it happened 20 years to the year from the release of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, <laughs> that was I did not think about that. Synchronicity! Cool. And, yes. and, and the <laughs> idea that, you know, we've talked about it, that there was that kind of weird influx of uh, or introduction of money to that project, to the Close mm-hmm. Encounters of the Third Kind uh-huh. project. And there's a lot of speculation that maybe that was being somehow funded by the government as a means of like you know preparing people for things to come and then 20 years later to the year um phoenix like that came well and it's interesting (laughs) because you know um so josh and i don't call skeptics skeptics anymore we call them debunkers because that's what they are because we are skeptics but the debunkers that are out there one of the big things they always talk about with ufos and uaps is why do they always go to some farm where nobody's at? It's always just some redneck guy that's out there and sees it. Who's going to believe that? 
Well, here we are back in 1997, the population of Phoenix, just the metro area was 2,625,000 people. And they forget about events with like UFOs coming over the Pentagon or the Kremlin or, or things like that. These things that they say never happened. Well, here, you know, you're saying, why would they go to Phoenix? Well, maybe to show those debunkers, hey, you think that we always just go to farms and stuff? Well, here, let's let's show a city what yeah. we got. Yeah. One of and, the largest in the country. And like you said, you know, the the fact that people would be out looking. Uh, again, one of my kind of personal theories about why is Arizona a hot spot uh, for mm-hmm. reports is because, look, we have great weather. You know, yep. we don't see I'm from Washington State and where I lived, it was just tall pines everywhere. And you don't see a lot of sky. But yeah. here in Arizona, you don't have that. And I mean, no. the sky is huge, right? Yeah. It's just from horizon to horizon. It's beautiful I and love it's clear. How big the sky is. Yeah, the weather's always, you know, you know, three hundred year- days a year. Yeah. It's, it's perfectly clear and stuff. And then, you know, you guys know our lifestyle here. We're, yep. you know, always hiking and you know, there's softball going on and soccer games and year round. And, yeah, year round, and just people are always out. So I think just the, the, simply the 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 matter of the fact that people are out and they can see you know we see a lot of reports so again why'd they pick arizona maybe that's why Mm. a lot of people were going to be out for the occasion of hell bop they were going to be out anyway clear weather i mean that i i do remember that evening it was clear as a bell it was you know uh of good temperature every i mean we were out in our shirt sleeves and looking in the telescope so i mean it's just it just seems too coincidental for all of these things to come together for it to be a complete anomaly i mean i think there was some intention there agreed well and i mean if you think about the first sighting right is in henderson nevada which is just right southeast of of vegas i mean for all we know it flew over vegas and nobody saw it because the lights are the (laughs) The lights lights are so so bright bright that you know yeah you know the light pollution or it could have been daytime too daytime enough and it you know just got reflected as well because that's something about the desert is the daytime is much brighter because it's reflecting off of sand and rock as opposed to dark green things right so the daytime tends to be a little brighter oh yeah in fact i always tell people that that you know that in the summer or or just when the sun is out and it's really intense it washes all the color out right when you look out with your naked eye you're you know super bright it washes the color out um and so you know i think that effect is true but you know maybe they just decided to decloak there right yeah. well <laughs> right. it's really it's really interesting right? too that that henderson is only 100 miles southeast from nellis air force base too so mm-hmm. um yeah I mean, a- area 51 right yeah oh yeah absolutely so i mean they I just think, a lot of coincidences yeah too many this, you know too, too, too many, many for it to be coincidental this is why i'm glad yeah. i moved here like because everything just is <laughs> no pun intended but converged here yeah. <laughs> uh well you know and you talking about arizona and all the things you know yes you get a lot of sightings and stuff out there but you also have all the vortices uh in sedona Yep. Yeah. Um, all that, you know, the high energy fluctuation that happens out there with all the quartz crystal and everything. So, I mean, it, it really is. Uh, Arizona is just a, a really magical place. And uh, obviously, I think so because I'm moving there. So, <laughs> awesome. But, Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, the other thing, too, too, is the military presence here. You know, yes. there, 
there's quite a bit here and there's a lot of bit uh, or a, a lot of um, military industry here as well right mm-hmm. so you know I just you got to think those things correlate we also have yeah. one of the 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 most the largest um, oh boy I, I won't go there one one of the largest nuclear power plants in the nation Palo Verde nuclear plant which uh-huh. is incidentally just a few miles west of Buckeye yep wow. right so again convergence of all these coincidences or you yeah. know interesting touchstones in in the the whole theory of ufology just kind of all line up here and that well, that event seemed to just take advantage of all of that and it's yeah. interesting just personal synchronicities like i was just speaking to mary Dees hampton yesterday she's the widow of james hampton the actor um and i was just talking to her and i found out to her she has a brother that lives here and he had moved here to go work at palo verde and um he made so much money he retired in 10 years like nice. like but yeah oh, and yeah. so that's the first time I had even heard really about the nuclear plant was literally yesterday. And then here we are today talking about, you know, just those odd synchronicities. And uh, even here we are 25 years out from Phoenix lights and we're finding just talking about that led to this, that's led to that. So I love that stuff. Yeah. But you know, you talk, you talk about the, um, uh, so real quick, you kind of mentioned it, uh, the, uh, local government uh, re- response. Yeah, I was like, can we uh, talk about Governor yeah. Barney Fife Simington? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, yeah, you know, of course, the the thing that I think is probably etched for anybody who saw it, you know, on the news or even rebroadcast rebroadcast around the country was the um, the the parade of the uh, captured uh, 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 person who was behind everything. You know the. The guy coming out in the big alien suit and everything and then they do the unmasking you know like like a Sto- scooby-doo uh you know <laughs> yeah. type situation there yeah boy you um, know he thought that was gonna kill yeah and it did kill his so career <laughs> yeah you know i i saw a people um, were pissed let me yes. tell you i saw an interview that he did um for a documentary maybe mm-hmm. last year or something where he he basically walked it all back he said he wished he would have never done it Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, he had his own experience uh, later on that year. And, you know, he was trying to like, you know, but he's like, I just I can't recover from it. That's like, yeah, like forever stained against my reputation is that stuff. Yeah, he's a big UFO guy now. Um, Yeah, it took a long time. (laughs) Well, and, you know, if you if you kind of again, being a local at the time, you know, he was an embattled governor. He he had a rough time right out of the gate he was a former developer he had a lot of people kind of critical of him he had made some you know not good choices and some financial deals but blah 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 right so he he was already having a tough time governing and when this came down i mean no no leader wants to deal with this right that's just you know it's just too many unknowns but um and so, you know, he did what you would expect a political person to do and try and minimize yeah. it and yep. excuse it and all those things. And um, but, you know, he didn't do a good job with that because mocking thousands of your constituents right. Right. statewide is not a cool political move. And people were insulted by that because, yep. again, the uh, 
remember these aren't like ufo interest people these are just yeah. your average joe right yep. but they looked up and they saw something that scared the crap out of them yeah they saw it it was real they and they wanted a doggone explanation from their government you know and what they got was oh ah it's a joke it's nothing you know yeah. oh man that just that made me mad and i wasn't even that interested in ufos <laughs> but i'm like dude yeah. you're insulting people this yep. is ridiculous so yeah. that was such a debacle but you know he really ate crow later right and i think it was um 2007 when he was doing the is being interviewed by james fox for his second movie um out of the blue yeah. and and he just kind of dropped the bomb to to james and james says my jaw hit the floor because he just we're having a conversation and he said yeah you know the phoenix lights and stuff and many people saw it and i saw it too and that was the first time he had said that mm. and james just went what <laughs> and so you know now that's history but um you know you can understand why a political person would want to minimize it and he said at the time i didn't want there to be panic and that's right. you know, cliche bullcrap standard crap, but, yeah yeah but uh you know basically he's like i didn't want to have to deal with it and i was going to dismiss it in this way but that blew up in my face so but yeah. you know to his credit he came back later and you know he's been a pretty solid dude uh supporting it in fact yeah. I think he spoke at the um was it the international ufo conference a year two i believe some, so yeah he's been he showing yeah. up on a lot yeah. of documentaries actually like yeah he's a big proponent for it now yeah um, and i think that's his his penance is, is yep. he's trying to make up for it make um, it right well well th this is what i always say you know personally i've not had a ufo experience uh, I wished I would have. I haven't. You know, I, I do this out of intellectual curiosity and stuff. But, um, you know, I always say this. There is probably nothing in the world to make you a believer by seeing one. Right. right? And so that changed his whole world. He saw it. And in spite yeah. of all the pressure in his whole life, you know, I'm a military man. I'm a governor, blah, 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 all this stuff. And you know wow now i have to acknowledge the reality of it so yep. talk about a life changer so anyone i think that's true yeah imagine if he had had that beforehand right how different he would have treated that oh yeah you well, know it's interesting um francis barwood uh was a councilwoman at the time and she lost the launched the investigation into the event and she said though later on that of the 700 witnesses that she interviewed she interviewed 700 the government never interviewed a single one. Not one. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, I'll disclose this. I am a employee of the city of Phoenix and I have been mm -hmm. for 20 years. And in fact, this whole event happened to only two years before I um, began working for the city. Mm -hmm. And um, I do remember her and you know i really felt bad for her because she was very earnest you know yeah. she was just she was doing the logical thing she she just said right. hey shouldn't we look into this and right. she got ripped i mean this is yep. the height of you know ufo ridicule to the extent that i i believe that it, it most likely ended her career because people they did not want to hear it they didn't and, want anything to do sucks. with it like because that's yeah. why people don't come forward is because yeah. of that 
Well, you know, we, you know, you mentioned that uh, you know the, the governor, the governor saw his, you know, he had his sighting, and that changed his mind. And we talk about that quite a bit. Is that, you know, when you share your experience with other people, that's really just to let them know that they're not alone. But the only way you're going to ever sway that person is for them to have their own experience. And so, um, you know, it, it's just. Uh, you know, so it's nice that he now comes forward and says, "Yes, I had that experience. You're not alone." Um, but yeah, it, it um, definitely could I'll have been handled. Yeah, definitely could have been handled a lot differently then. Um, and um, I don't think we've ever gotten an actual report from the U.S. government for that. Like, we've not gotten the uh, swamp gas or it was Venus or any kind of kind of generic response like that, even from uh, the government for that event. Just the flares is as close as yeah. We got. Flares is the attached yeah. helium balloons, by the way. Yeah, which I feel uh, like they scrambled that A ten and did those flares on purpose. So. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you a little fun fact though. Um, so the 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 image behind Stefan uh, that was created by the USA Today, but it was based on the testimony of a man named Tim Lay, and Tim Lay uh, resided in the area of Phoenix called Sunny Slope. It's sort of North Phoenix, and it, it's a little bit mountainous, and then it kind of, you know, looks over the valley, kind of like Lynn Kitai's place, but very different areas. Um, however, so that photo or that image was created based on his testimony. Well, where Governor Fife Symington went to, to see this thing was a park very near um, Sunny Slope. So... In fact, that may be the very thing that he saw because it was at the location and time the same as Tim Lay. So I think that's kind of interesting. And, and the, the words that he spoke still resonate with me. And the way he put it was, I saw it and it, it had the um, appearance of something otherworldly. I just think that's an awesome term otherworldly and i think we could all kind of relate to that right you yeah. just, you can't put your finger on what it is but you but you do realize what it isn't you know yep. something worldly right something that's common and that you see yeah. so i th- i just think that's so cool so there's you know a little bit of connection there tim lay usa today governor Fife symington the whole thing i mean yep. there's just like you say, so many synchronicities. It's amazing. Yep. And Lynn was on. Uh, so we're recording this on the 10th. And Lynn was on uh, Jimmy Church's show, Fade to Black, last night, um, which was really fascinating, which is another uh, show that's on the Unex network here. Um, but she's just absolutely fascinating. And I love her tenacity for this. To You know, it's almost like <laughs> the way she comes at it, in my opinion, is like, when someone had someone who passed on and doesn't want them to forget who they were, right? That yeah. it's almost like a widow that's coming out and saying, no, my husband was important. My wife was important. This, 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 that's how she is with the Phoenix lights. I mean, she has never stopped being in the spotlight for it. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. She is a cheerleader for that event. Yes, and, that's cheerleader. And, that's a good yeah. word. And I'm very grateful to her because, you know, these things can kind of fade with time and the importance of them. But but she has really been tenacious in her keeping this alive. And and I think, Stefan, you mentioned it next week or the 20th. Yeah, the 20th. You know, the 20th. She 
she she puts on an annual event every year uh a big movie theater and she brings in you know of she she plays her movie you know that uh the documentary on it which is constantly updated so there's multiple versions of it so she displays the latest version and then she brings in panels panels of people to speak you know whether it's witnesses or you know experts or whatever um and like you mentioned uh, Alice Cooper's coming this year which yep. is really cool so you know kudos to her and um, and you know she even she's created a coloring book for kids which yeah. I think is actually brilliant because mm-hmm. one of my things look I'm an old dude I'm 60 years old and I'm not even the oldest among ufologists <clears throat> now right we've seen the likes of Stan Friedman and others yep. and we need to pass this down to another generation to keep it going and keep keep the pressure on to get this you know out there and um she's even reaching young kids like that and it you know it's really well done and i have two granddaughters 10 and 12 well actually they're 11 and 12 now um and my the oldest one she is really into the topic and and uh you know it's really cute but on the other hand it's very cool because you know for them it's a normal thing right Right. it's not anything to be ridiculed about it's you know it's it's on par with other kind of scientific mysteries that we have whether it's egyptology or other other things you know yeah and so i think that's so important to do and the thing is, is we're on the cusp i think of really learning some fantastic things um, you know, obviously since 2017 with the release of those uh, gun camera footage videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then, you know, most recently, I don't mean to plug this, but I, I want people to know about this guy. His name's uh, John Ramirez mm-hmm. and he's a retired yeah. CIA <clears throat> officer in high level. He's a GS-15 and he just got on the circuit. And he has a wonderful presentation um, to help people and th- this is what's so cool they they re- literally the cia has reached out to the ufo community and said here look this is what we know this is the information we have this is how to go about getting information from us through foias yeah and and then this history this deep rich history of the cia and other governmental intelligence agencies involvement with not only ufos but you know remote viewing and all sorts of size stuff oh yeah and i mean it, it was i have to say i was probably one of the most impactful presentations i've ever experienced since i've been in ufology and i know Stefan, you were there too mm-hmm. and we were talking it about incredible friggin mind blower so but my yeah. point is is that and I'll, I'll even give you guys this little tidbit because i i i I was able to interview him in addition to his presentation. And we had opportunities to talk before, during, and after. Yep. And one of the things I asked him is, you know, or I said, I really hope we know what's going on before I die, you know, in my lifetime. That's the one thing yep. I would like to know. And he says, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's going to be very soon. So that really caught yep. my attention. Um, and and he is part of the government's intention to disclose. Now, yeah. we can go to a whole disclosure conversation, but right. And I think disclosure is already happening, or it's happening, oh, yeah. and, and it's more trickle. of a confirmation than a disclosure, right? Yeah. But, but I mean, I I really appreciate 
having someone like that to bring out factual information in it. I mean, in his presentation, he he cited websites, you know, CIA website for this topic and this. Dude, how great was it, Shane? As we're all sitting there taking pictures and taking pictures, and he's like, "Don't worry, guys, I'm giving you all of this." Like, (laughs) oh, (laughs) I know. Spoiler alert. We're going to yeah, be, we he's going to be on our show down the road. We're working on some dates right now uh, nice. with the man, but it's going to be, I can't, I can't wait because he, it's the epic. thing with John People Ramirez see it. is that he is also spiritually minded, um, mm-hmm. which is something Josh and I have found a way to mix in spirituality with our, our UFO consciousness and, and uh, paranormal. And that's what the convergence enigma is really all about and things yes. like that. And I'm, I cannot wait to dig into his brain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the metaphysical side of things too, yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. what a I fascinating mean, dude! And he's just—he's just kind of a quiet guy. Oh yeah, never know. He is. He is so. <laughs> he, he, I mean, look, I—I'm I, in government myself, and I—I I know how high-level government people behave and how they think and how they articulate. And it—I mean, he was—he was aces on that. He, yeah. you know, he was super controlled in what he said. But he wasn't deceptive. And, nope. you know, if he said, I can't tell you that, he said it. Right. But he says, I can tell you this or yes. this oh, my personal speculation. He so many freaking yeah. clues. And I'm oh, like, I had yeah. to go back the whole time. And I was just like running back through. I was like, okay, where did he say this? Okay. He was just like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You know? Yeah. yeah. It, it was fantastic. But but I'm, I'm thrilled you guys are going to get him and, yeah. and have him on the show because it, it just, people have got to see this guy. And it, it's not like a whistleblower thing. It, it's, no. It's not he, that. It's that he, in fact, he's as it off, his right? presentation begins, he says, this is the CIA's statement about my presentation. Right. They have reviewed every word and authorized me to say everything here. Everything. Let me tell you, you will crap your pants. Yeah. yeah. And he even see said, what he says. And that's what he says. He's like, you would be surprised. If you know how to ask, and he teaches everyone how to do their FOIA yes. requests better, he's like, "What information you will be given? What? It, because most people just assume that the government's not going to give that information." And he's like, "No, I even learned through this how much is not blacked out." Yes, yeah, and he, he like he's a big fan of John Greenwald, you know, the mm-hmm. Black Vault. And yeah. John, since he was 15 years old, began FOIA requests, and he has, I think, the largest yeah. accumulation of government documents outside of the government itself, like two million black vault, man. But, but he he knows John. I mean, they've communicated. So, um, but I thought w- what he was saying was super valuable to people who are are uh, initiating FOIA requests because he tells you exactly who to ping what to say to get a response you know so i think that was really helpful so again i feel like you know this was a very sincere guy sincere presentation information that is gonna blow your socks off i mean Mm -hmm. it's amazing so but he's an arizona guy right yeah 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 that's what i thought and his wife have have moved here to to arizona so Mm -hmm. Um, and he loves Arizona, and and for the reason we've already talked. About. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm and, I'm I'm already thinking about how I can install like my psionics on my house to just sit there and video <laughs> the night sky every single night. Yeah, yeah. Josh's oh, yeah. new house, like the his bedroom, looks at the superstitions. 
Oh, how cool. And that is an awesome area. I mean, mm -hmm. in fact, we have our monthly MUFON meetings um, and we have a presentation and all that stuff. But when the weather's right, so kind of like March through maybe June-ish, mm -hmm. we'll do, um, we go to the Superstition Mountains and we do a, a sky watch and we bring telescopes and night vision and all that stuff Black and Gary. everyone's welcome to come and let me tell you what a great time that is right you just you know hanging out with your buds and 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 i just you know, I, I love arizona just, man i love arizona mufon man and phoenix mufon i love what you guys do because kentucky is just not a there's not an active thing I mean, it's not like you guys do events and speakers and and it's it's the club I was always looking for in yeah. high school. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, you're I, welcome, buddy. Both of you. Oh I, yeah, I man. Going to going that with John Ramirez and getting to meet yeah. everybody and yeah, that was cool. Like checked out a yeah. book from the library. Like <laughs> I'm going. Yeah, when, man. I, when I joined my when I joined the Jeep Club locally a couple of years back, like that's what I was looking for. Unfortunately, I didn't find it with the Jeep Club. So now I'm just you know. <laughs> Well, look, I, I'm 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 gonna name drop here, and I'm gonna brag a little, but Boom. I just want to give you guys the 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 experience. I mean, I've sat around the campfire with Richard Dolan, and we yeah. BS, or John Alexander, or you know David Hatcher Childress, and blah blah blah. All of these, yeah. they come to Phoenix, yep, and they give their presentation. We go out to lunch, and then we hang out by the fire at night. And you know, I mean, yeah, just. Oh, the experience is so freaking <laughs> cool and fun, and you know I just uh, I love it. I mean, you know when I when I first got into this, I was all scared to let everyone know I was part sure. of a religious organization, and they were gonna poo poo that. And and you know just at the time it was pre twenty seventeen, so you had to hide it. And again, in my work, I'm in a very professional sure. environment. It's all engineers and information technology people, and I was so nervous that people would think I'm a nut and everything. But um, actually, once I hit about 55, I said, I don't give a, you know, what, yep. what people think of me. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do what I want to do. And so uh, to everybody. But um, what, what I found out is actually everybody is pretty darn yeah. interested. And they're just not going to say it out loud. But um, yep. Yeah. Now they're, they're all waiting for somebody out. to. Yeah. They're always waiting for somebody to raise their hand. That's what they're all waiting for. Yep. It's me. Yeah, exactly. I'll go first. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I started, you know, I wrote a book and, and that came out in 2020. And I even got brave enough that I have copies on my desk at work. And, and you know, it's just a conversation starter. And yeah. then, you know, people want it and I sign it for them and everything. It's just a lot of fun. And, but, you know, I'm just, I, I feel like, you know, the taboo was such a, you know, had such a hold on people. And they didn't yeah. need to because yeah. everyone's really thinking the same thing. I'm interested in that, you know, I just can't say it. But like you said, once you start the conversation, boom, people are like, oh, what do you know about this? And what about this? And oh, I think this and that. And, and that's what's so cool about UFO. It transcends every other kind of thing, right? Male, yeah. female, young, old, you yeah. know, Republican, Democrat, what, whatever thing you want to <laughs> divide people with. This thing is so universal, no pun intended. 
um, <laughs> that it, you know, <laughs> that that it, it's just a great fun thing. I just love it. And you know, when I tell people I'm, you know, I'm assistant director of MUFON and stuff, they're like, "What?" You know, but <laughs> but it's just you know, it's a great bunch of people. You you guys know you. I mean, that's why we hit it off, right? You yeah. know, you have this common interest, and you find out people are very cool about it. And you know, it's a very uniting kind of thing. Yeah. And I just, I'm so thrilled I became yeah. a part of it. Just it's so like space. It's like, and this is gonna sound so nerdy, but it's like space Boy Scouts. You know, it's like <laughs> when, even when I was in Boy Scouts, I man, I wanted to focus so much on astronomy and all that stuff, but it, it was so limited. And it's it's almost like Mufon gives us that. Those, that badge work again, so to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because like yeah. I said, you get to go to the mountains of super, especially here in Phoenix, man, yeah. and go yeah. do all this stuff because it's it's yeah. more than just UFOs. It's like we all have this massive interest in the stars. Mm-hmm. Like, yep, very true. I'm always looking up. Doesn't yeah. matter the time yep. of day. I step yep. outside. First thing I do is look up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Same Every night before I go to bed, I'm out there checking it out, yep. and then because i'm an old dude i wake up at three in the morning quite frequently and you know what i do i go outside and i look around and it's probably weird but i live out in the boonies so nobody pretty much is gonna see me but you know i go out there and i look around and you know i see stuff interesting things so um you know it's just uh it's become a way of life it's just a an, an interest that you know keeps me motivated and then puts me in contact with the most awesome people. And, and that's what UFO people are really. Yeah. They're open-minded, you know, they're not judgmental, that whole thing. I mean, you run across, you know, stuff like yeah. that, of course, but it, for the most part, and then, you know, when you wrap in, not only, you know, for me, MUFON was the ticket because again, as I mentioned, I was, I've been in government for 20 years. I know I can function in a big organization and when I got into it, I looked around like, you know, I studied everything for about five years. I read a hundred books and everything. And I thought, but, you know, at some point I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't want to just read about other people's experience. I want to have one of my own. I want to participate. I want to engage. You know, and and, and you know what, was the ticket for me. And you know what, Shane, you probably have more than you realize but your investigator mode probably kicks in mm-hmm. more and you probably write off some of it. You know, like mm-hmm. I bet you you've seen more than you even realize. Yeah, I I actually had. OK, so I'll confess here. <laughs> I have what him. I think was an experience. And in fact, I submitted it to MUFON before I was a MUFON member or anything. <laughs> and it was from my home here and it was you know like six in the morning on a thursday morning and i saw an unusual object and let me just say i know it's unusual yeah i've lived here 22 years and every day the same time same place i've done the same thing and i know what's anomalous and what's not and this thing was and i got it on video i submitted it and they came back and said, you know, well, most likely it was, you know, an airplane or a drone or something, which I get. I get that. I mean, I do that now. Right. You have to kind of yeah, made the odds. Right. Um, you know, because let me let me put it this way. You see a light in the sky. Right. Very common. You you look at it and you think it's anomalous and it very well may be anomalous. But can you identify it? No, it's a light in the sky. Right. Now you might check flight radar 24 
eliminate planes. You might check heavens above and you might eliminate satellites and go down the list. And there's a list of about 20 things. And it's a process of elimination from the most obvious to the least. But when you get down to the end and you go, I don't know what it was, you, you either have to say, look, the odds are it is something explainable. Let's say a satellite because we know they exist right versus it's an alien well we don't have quote proof in the existence of aliens at this moment that the public knows about right right so what are you going to say you you got to say well you know most likely it was this and MUFON well, will never say this is what it was right what they will do is say it most likely was this based on these facts right that's what investigation does. Right. And so, like you said, Stephen, for me, I'm skeptical, not in that I don't, it's not that I don't believe in the possibility of the existence of alien, because I'll tell you one thing, there is a phenomena, and that's a proven fact. Yeah, right? that's exactly that, what I was going to follow yeah, up with. It's a proven fact. There's a phenomenon. Now, what it is, that's not proven yet. Yeah. So you you have to be careful and we have to be credible you know as a community we want to be credible and i get excited about this stuff and i think that you know my personal opinion is yeah there's there is an intelligence engaging humankind no doubt about it that's a proven fact mm-hmm. i mean those three videos from the gun camera footage videos are really proof that there's an intelligence engaging us yeah but what is the source of it well i don't know that yet well, it's just like so, you said, you saw something you couldn't identify. It was in the air. It was some sort mm-hmm. of phenomena. You checked everything. Therefore, you've got a UAP. Yeah, so yeah. that is yeah. people think that it is always associated with aliens. So it's we Josh and I have said this a thousand times. We have to stop asking people, do you believe in UFOs? Because UFOs are they're there. We That's have fact. hundreds yeah. and thousands of cases of unidentified flying objects or aerial phenomena that exist. It is a proven fact. The question is, is what do you believe they are? Yeah. Yeah. The conversation is different. Yeah. yeah. And to me, I, I'm very careful in my own mind, for my own heart and mind, but also as my role as an investigator, I'm very careful to separate belief mm-hmm. from fact, right? Yep. And look, I'm not criticizing belief because belief is really part of the human cognition process. So, mm-hmm. you know it's like what a theory is right so there are certain things that we know but there's gaps between what we know right. and what we don't right but a th- what a theory is is we say hey we know this is a fact and this is a fact but between there we don't know but we're going to theorize that it's this and then what you do is you test it and try and right. prove it and either it's your theory is correct or it's different and then you adjust right this is the whole process and and so Belief is the way that we get from point A to point B between what we know and what we don't know. And so it's necessary. But the problem with humans is sometimes we put belief even above truth. And I think we've seen that in our society in in areas other than ufology. And it's just, it's the limitation of humans. So we have to be careful. So in my own mind, when it comes to ufology and my credibility as a MUFON investigator or commenting like here tonight, you know, I just want to make sure that 
I clearly state what is my belief versus what is a known fact, mm -hmm. right? And so we've talked about a lot of things tonight that are proven facts. Yep, Absolutely. Yep, and then there's yep. a few things that are kind of our belief, which is cool. That's fine. Right. Just, I, I just, I really don't like it when somebody purports an opinion as a proven fact. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. they state it in that way and that whole thing. And that's just not cool. And that doesn't serve anyone well. So um, I just want to make that distinction now, even for our conversation. And I know you guys are in the very same camp I yep. am. And, <laughs> yep. and so let's go camping, Shane. <laughs> yeah. yeah let's go oh, we've done some CE5. Yes, you know we have. Right. And we found, yeah. we caught some weird yeah, stuff. Weird yes, light we off in the distance. Yeah. Right. So talk about fact. We have right. some stuff that happened that's not explainable. But I'll give you guys just one little insight on on a UFO investigation where it helps me kind of, you know, sort out fact from fiction. So I went probably 80% of our cases are, are lights in the sky, right? Even yeah. like the lights behind you, Josh, right? You don't know what that light is and we will never know. We right. weren't there. We didn't do it. We don't see it. We, you cannot tell from that video what that light is. Now we guess or, you know, have, you know, theories right. on what that is um but but the fact is we don't know so we have to just be really careful you know when we you know as an investigator i one of the things i do and thank goodness for ttsa because they kind of help mm -hmm. me when lou El elizano comes out and he says hey look we have these five observables six of her observables now that a tip came up with for identifying something as a UAP. So some of them are like instantaneous acceleration, mm -hmm. uh, clearly uh, anti-gravity, you know, performance issues, you know, transmedium capability, blah, 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 right. these things. Well, what I do is when I see a light in the sky, I compare it to those five or six observables. And I say, is it demonstrating any one of those? If it's not, Again, it's a light in the sky. I know I, I don't know what it is, but it's not demonstrating any of those performances. Then, you know, I'm going to have to say, you know, is it is it unexplainable or is it explainable? So a lot of times we see lights in the sky and they just go across and, you know, there's weirdness about them. They yeah. maybe they don't blink or maybe they kind of drift or maybe yeah. they turn. And, you know, there's some things that based on the performance they are cues to help you establish whether they could be something yep. known versus something unknown right so i'm just trying to help you guys yep. you know no, I, the audience understand that i'm not a debunker I, right. i'm skeptical in an appropriate degree we and need there's a methodology for identifying yeah what is unknown but most likely something that is explainable versus Hey, that did some crazy ass shit. Yeah. And that is not explainable. Right. right? Yeah. Then I'm gonna call that a true unknown. But if it if it just drifts in a straight line and you know, and you know, it's weird and okay, well, you know, yeah. it's most likely something you know, like explainable. I was out by um uh what's that lake out there uh lake in the Pleasant. north? Pleasant? Yeah. I was out there with my wife once. Uh we were in for a visit and um just pulled over to the side of the road it was like a full moonlit night so i didn't expect to see very much but we we're sitting on the side of the road and looked over uh to my left um and a light was tracking across the sky 
and then all of a sudden it shifted a hundred and like 45 degrees and shot off in the other direction yeah. you know that's we don't have anything that no. does that <laughs> there's satellites don't do that you know that's that's something else so yep that's a that's great an atari example. game josh that's an atari game yeah. <laughs> so Yara's revenge. Yara's revenge. Is what, okay. That's what that is. All your baser belong to us. Okay. That's what yeah. that is. Um, so Shane, we're getting ready to wrap up here, but before we go, I did want to mention um Phoenix New Times this past week uh did an, an amazing article on the Phoenix Lights, which you had an opportunity to be interviewed for, uh, among a number of others. Um, but I just wanted to just kind of uh, to reach out for that and, 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 you know, just give you a second to talk about, you know, that experience and what that was like. Cause of course, who doesn't want to be interviewed, you know, and especially yeah. here, one of the most famous events in Phoenix history yeah. and they call you. <laughs> yeah. That, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, Benjamin Leatherman was the, uh, the uh, journalist who, who had written the article and he contacted me and uh, we had a conversation much like what we were having. Um, and the, the article really taught, he did a really great job, I thought, because he, um, he interviewed a variety of people, you know, he summarized uh, the event, and then he talked to like, you know, some of the military and some of the law enforcement, and, uh, many of the different witnesses who went on the record and recorded what they saw, um, interviewed myself and uh, Dr. Kitai and, and, and others, and just did a great job laying out the evidence for the reality of that case and um again you know as as you guys had mentioned earlier that you know each year um this thing is really celebrated here and um the local news channels you know they always give dr kitai time they always have a uh you know a little bit of a blurb on it um regarding the event and it, it was a big deal here in arizona so i appreciate uh new times for for doing that um, you know, we, we have an annual boot camp here um, in Arizona for for investigators to come and get trained. And we sponsor that, put that on. Um, and uh, last this November, when we did it, Vice magazine came and they were with us the whole time. They Gotta did a Vice, Vice article man. on it. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was it was really cool and a lot of fun. They were they were great guys. Um and they i mean they were you know tied to our hip basically and they got to experience really the whole the whole boot camp thing which was really cool but so my point bringing that out is that there's genuine interest out there and people are thirsting and hungry for information about it and people think that it's cool and of interest and you know i I just think that's awesome and and even the 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 institutional organizations that have always kind of poo-pooed it you know say nasa and and others um you know since what 2004 they started discovering exoplanets and right the whole conversation went from oh there's no life anywhere to how couldn't how could there not be life (laughs) elsewhere right and so now the fermi paradox (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and even now nasa is like oh yeah there's there's the most likely life out there and we're looking for it you know i mean that just floored me you know, you always had SETI, but they kind of never really emphasized the, the reality of life elsewhere type of thing. They're, we're looking for signals, but, you know, I mean, I don't need want to dog them, but, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, at least it's some effort. Poor but, SETI. They yeah. just. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, Seth and his, his kind of his, his, uh, 
you know his attitude towards it and some of these guys but you know what uh as we have already learned say with john ramirez is that you know you got the party line from the government officials and organizations and they downplay and minimize it all but just think about it with seti i mean how many millions of dollars have they spent over decades on that and to say oh you ufo people you're silly and oh blah blah but yeah. our role is to look for alien life but it's going to be in the form of a you know radio signal and that's yeah because there's an alien with a ham radio sitting next to a dead <laughs> art bell so uh, but you know that's really there was really interesting i'll make a note here that there was an article in forbes today talking about um the test spacecraft so t-e-s-s uh they estimate that NASA will find an additional 12,519 exoplanets by 2024. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Well, and you guys are probably, you've read, NASA hired 24 theologians uh, recently to advise them. And the real reason why, probably, I think it even mentioned it was the James Webb telescope is going to go online, I think, in June. It already went online. It did. Okay. Yeah, they, so there's only a, like one there. or two pictures so yeah. far, but okay. uh, yeah. yeah, but but the idea is, or I don't know if I would call it a fear, but the thought is that they potentially could find evidence of life with that yep. telescope, and they want to be prepared to deal with people yep. and let them know in a way that you know that that yep. the public can handle it. So well, yeah. You know, it, it's a different world today, guys. It really, it is. really is no longer, scientifically. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, even in the New Times, they had a secondary article that talks about Arizona has the sixth most UFO sightings in the United States, only behind places like New York and Florida uh, and um, Texas. LA, the, the, the big, yeah. you know, yeah, well, the just. Big- just the big states. They ain't even talking about cities because Phoenix is ranked pretty high up. But mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of that, but I mean, here we are. We've got two amazing articles, you know, just that. And then Forbes is talking about Tesla. And I mean, just, yeah, yeah, what an amazing time that we live yeah. in. And I don't know that this would have happened if it wouldn't have been for things like the Phoenix Lights or TTSA and Lou coming out and all of these things that have been happening over the past 25 years. Which just uh, you know normalize it. It's, it was yep. probably all set in place or, or set in motion back with the uh, the Brookings report. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure when they had the Brookings report that said the you know people aren't ready. I'm sure there was immediately followed up a document that says here's how to get them ready mm-hmm. um, with Good all this point. stuff. You know. Yeah, yeah. What that was 1953 ish or something, yeah. and the yeah. Robertson panel, and yeah, yeah, we need to debunk this. But yeah, yeah good point. Yeah, you're not going to have. A recognition of a problem without creating a solution right, right. that's yeah. the government way right yeah so, good yeah. point yeah um well we're gonna get out of here uh shane but i wanted to give you an opportunity to quickly um plug the uh, the mufon stuff as well as your book and just anything else you got going on that you wanted people to know about okay yeah yeah if you if you're interested in the phoenix um, mufon meetings um they are held monthly and you can go to phoenixmufon.com and get the schedule and who's speaking and that sort of thing uh it's 15 bucks it's a three-hour meeting uh we do some fun stuff like uh uh, raffles at at halftime and then we all go out to lunch with the speaker and sometimes we go and do a night sky watch so that's very cool and then as far as my book uh, came out june of 2020 it's available on amazon 
It's called UAP, A Beginner's Guide to Researching UFOs. And it really is, I, I wrote it because of what happened in 2017 and that the taboo was lifted and a lot of people were interested. And so I thought it would be good to have them have a source where they could go and kind of bypass some of the nonsense and the rabbit holes that mm -hmm. have traditionally been associated with ufology. Um, and, you know, I kind of outlined just, you know, what's good information, what's bad information, you know, the importance of, you know, evidence and just a whole bunch of topics. Yep. But um, and, and the idea of that was really just to help people who are newly interested get off on the right foot. And so hopefully if you're interested in that, I think it's for $14.95 on Amazon.com. You can search my name or or the name of the book and yep. and we'll have the link in our summary as well um it is my go-to book for ufo i have a go-to book for uh ghost hunting that i love uh it's about the same size and it's absolutely perfect and this is my go-to book shane and i mean that for uh uap <laughs> josh and i have been using it since yep. we first met you and got our copies um awesome. it, it has <laughs> really opened our eyes to a lot of things so thank you sir so much for joining us and uh coming on and talking about the phoenix lights and as usual you are always welcome on again and i know we will see each other soon yeah thanks so much you guys really appreciate it and can't wait till we can get together again and go Same. sky watching yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome all right, thank you, Mr. Shane Herp. Shane Hurd, ladies and gentlemen, I love that man <laughs> so much. Uh, what an absolute pleasure as usual. Please, please, please do not forget to pick up his book, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, A Beginner's Guide to Researching UFOs. You can find it straight on Amazon. Uh, I'm going to have the link again in the summary there because it's an amazing book. If you got Kindle Unlimited, you can read for free, though I don't think Shane's going to make money that way. So I take it back. Uh, uh, I don't, well, may, I don't know. I don't know. They may pay something. They, yeah, pay some, they have to pay something. You are going to earn him a nickel. I don't know. A shiny yeah. nickel. A, a nickel per page. I don't know. You know. Yeah. A, shiny, <laughs> a good old shiny nickel. Um, anyways, thank you, Shane Hurd. Thank you, man. And all that great conversation, Phoenix Lights. It's still something that is a massive enigma to this day. There's oh, just yeah. no doubt about it. People here are just still talking about it like i'm gonna be going uh or i might have went last weekend i don't know when this drops but going to see the 25th anniversary documentary uh that's coming out alice cooper is gonna be there talking uh because he saw it as well all kinds of famous folks saw like, it. kurt, kurt like russell saw it you know alice cooper of like the the band the, the alice cooper yes the alice cooper. of the Whoa. golf of the golf and, and rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be there awesome. uh, as part of the event. It's like a four or five hour event. They've got vendors that are going to be there and uh, speakers and all kinds of cool stuff. So yeah, Sarah and awesome. I are both going to that. I'm really, really excited. I'm super jealous. Yeah, you should be. It's March 20th. Fly in. Foo. Victoria's no. talking about flying in, man. No. My friend Victoria. Prices. Tickets are outrageous. Spring training. Sorry, it's not Disney. That's <laughs> spring training out there, man. It, it Dude, spring training's canceled right now. Is it? Because they're, they're on strike. They're on strike. Yeah, they're on strike, man. So it's super cheap. <laughs> they're trying to get people out of here, dude. I'm not even joking. Flights are cheap. Uh, anywho, anywho. Um, yeah. So please make sure to go to uh, unx network.com to check out all the amazing shows 
uh, including Ryan Sprague, who we talked about, uh, Somewhere in the Skies, he's on there. Uh, a lot of our good friends are on there. Uh, Whitley Striper, who I want to be good friends with, is on there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, race, make it happen. Uh, now, that was closer <laughs> to race's voice. That was. Uh, that yeah, was. I wasn't even trying to. Um, but yes, yeah, like so, that one and, time you get the turkey call just right, you know. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or you can go to the convergenceenigma.com, theconvergenceenigma.com. There you can check out our archived episodes, not just from when we uh, have gone back a few episodes as the Convergence Enigma, but all the way back to Josh's first episode with me as Fearscape. All the way back. All the way back. To the Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Uh, make sure to check out fearscapemedia.com for all of the other amazing podcasts. New one just dropped, uh, Books and Booze podcast where they're talking about books and drinking booze i mean how can it get yeah. any better than that well i, mean, I thought it was going to be about books and ghosts you know books and no booze, and booze. But, yeah or i thought it was going to be about books and like just hating people booze, booze. Um, boy we're hilarious yeah um, <laughs> also Tip make sure to go to and check out our youtube channel youtube.com slash fearscape media there you can find our show astral stew in youtube form or you can go to fearscapemedia.com and find it in podcast form if you don't want to watch my face, which is weird. Or you can just listen to it on YouTube, too. But yeah. yeah, you can. If you got that special thing where you can, like, close it off or you pay the premium or whatever. Or if you open it in a browser window on your phone, you can do that, too. That That's true. That is the sneaky way to do it. Yeah. That is the sneaky way to do it. You got to love it, man. <laughs> you got to absolutely love Anywho, it. Anywho, and also don't forget about the blacktrianglecoffee.com promo code T-C-E-B-T-C. T-C-E-B-T-C. 15. 15. I didn't yeah. know if you were going to say 1-5 or 15. So I felt you. Yeah, so T-C-E-B-T-C 15. So, it's yeah, get some 15% coffee. 15% y'all. Off, off your entire order, yeah. And it's, it's, Not it, it only really does is. it help out a really great local company in Arizona, yeah. but it helps us out as well, um, you know. So let them know that uh, we got some great, amazing fans out there. Uh, that's that's what we always tell all these sponsors so we have the most amazing <laughs> fans because we do we do um, we absolutely do anyways on that josh let's go ahead and get out of here thank you guys so much for tuning into the convergence enigma with josh and stefan i have been your host stefan gearhart and i will catch you all on the flip side but remember keep your eyes on the skies and this has been josh the truth is now darn skippy it is and remember folks please keep questioning keep seeking keep searching Uh, good night everybody good night